Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Scrollies podcast. It is I, Squat Cobbler, coming at you once again with my co-host. Hey, it's Ratnado from Twitch.tv slash Team Ratnado. And today we're going to be going through our own personal preferences when it comes to all-time video game characters. Oh, yeah. It'll be exciting to get into. But uh, before we do that, Ratnado, tell me, what was the first character that you can recall playing in a video game i mean i'm pretty sure it was like mario or something i think some of my earliest memories were super mario world so of gaming in general i mean very nice my first video game character that i can recall playing was from the first video game that i remember playing don't know which entry exactly but i know the series it was a little purple dragon named spyro on the playstation one uh, if any of you can help me narrow down this this lifelong mystery, it, it involves flying around a, a open uh, hub world with a big dragon in the middle. So if that narrows it down at all, that's that's going off Young Squat's uh, uh, first gaming memory. So help a fella out here. Wow, that's actually you know we may never figure that out. That's a really big mystery, honestly. Mm, it's it's you know i'm sure there's at least a few dragons in spyro that that uh could fit the bill there so it may it may just be something that i i never get resolved in life but i could always uh try out out myself in spyro the reignited trilogy which is what i have been playing here and there in my off time Ooh, fancy wait really when did you, when did you get it uh, I got it. I got it earlier last year. It's not something I'm like play, playing super seriously. It's just like every now and then I'll, I'll fire it up. But uh, Spyro, I think of the '90s collectathons, is probably the one that aged the best. Right. I mean, Mario 64, obviously a classic, but there, there's definitely some uh, accessibility issues there and some old game jank presence since it was the very first. But uh, Spyro, I think you know kept it simple kept it fun to control um worlds are pretty small so yeah check out the reignited trilogy um i'm sure the crash bandicoot one is is good too i got that as well but i have not uh tried that one out yet yeah that's awesome yeah i remember getting that on playstation 3 through playstation network like the spyro games i remember getting pretty far into it in like one day and then just never playing it again it's it's serviceable for a day of entertainment but maybe, maybe <laughs> it'll it'll hook you a little more than that, folks. All right. So enough about Spyro. Right, NATO. What have you been playing offline lately? Actually, I've been replaying Onimusha mm. on and off. As you may know, some of you may know, I did a race against the Great Mitzi a couple weeks back, and I don't know something about it. I really liked it. I enjoyed it, and I would been playing it on Switch a little bit more. So that Hollow Knight and Strangers of Paradise. So good times. Never one to rest on your laurels. You, you never know when the rematch may may come about and uh, Mitzi takes the crown once more. So he's keeping he's keeping fresh on his Onimusha skills, everyone. I might be coming for Grey Mitzi, so watch oh. out. Oh, oh no. N- number number three, speedrun.com. Here we go, Grey Mitzi. All right. So enough about uh, Onimusha. Enough about Spyro. Ratnado. Let's talk about our top five favorite video game characters. We can uh, go five to one, trading off as we uh, go through this list. I think uh, it's only fitting that that I go first, considering this character, nay, this series, was the icebreaker when I first entered your chat. (sighs) Colonel, I'm trying to sneak around. 
but I'm dummy thick. And the clap of my ass cheeks keeps alerting the guards. Of course. The first line, definitely. That's the first ever Squat Cobbler chat in, in the Team Rat NATO channel. Uh, not not nearly as iconic as, hi, how are you today? Uh, shout out Scorpion Medusa. But it, it led to Scrollies, folks, all this time later. Yeah. So I'm talking about the one, the only, Solid Snake. There are many snakes in Metal Gear, but Solid Snake is the one that I consider my favorite. <laughs> Reason for this being, naturally, he's the one that I played in Brawl. Right. As of with course. all, as with all uh, uh, video game series that I got into that weren't Mario, Donkey Kong, my childhood favorites. No, Super Smash Bros. Brawl was the gateway to all these new worlds of Metal Gear, Metroid, Zelda and perhaps even some yet to come. So it was uh, Brawl that introduced me to Snake. I thought he was super cool. I thought he was, you know, he, he was tough. He threw around grenades in this game where you, you play as Kirby and Yoshi. And I thought that was that was pretty edgy as a, as a young monk. But it wasn't until 2020 when I played Metal Gear Solid that I got introduced to the proper Solid Snake. Yeah, you even had your own Master Miller. AKA Doobie Teen, rest in peace. I had my own Master Miller that, uh, spoiler alert, wasn't who he claimed. No way. Doobie Teen as a double agent? How is that possible? I can't see that. I, 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 I can't believe I didn't see it coming. The entire time he was sitting next to me telling me to press the right buttons at the right time, and yet it was all in service of himself and his ulterior motives. Well, rest in peace, Doobie Teen. He can't hurt me now. He, uh, he got fox died. Yeah, he got fox died and he's out at Del Taco now. Buried, I should say. Pay your respects next time you're there, folks. But Metal Gear, not every game you play is Solid Snake. In fact, it's only two in the Metal Gear Solid series that you play as that iteration of the character. There's Metal Gear Solid 1 and then Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots. I have played both of these games and uh, neither one of them are my favorite, ironically enough. <laughs> My favorite being uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, where Solid Snake does not make an appearance whatsoever. Yeah, not at all. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. But, you know, I think uh, we're not going to count that against him. I, I think the character of Solid Snake, you know, he, he's he, he's a man who's seen a lot of action. You know, he's tried to retire from this life, but he keeps getting called back in because, you know, it's just the right thing to save the world again and again and have no happy ending for it. Ugh. What a hero. He wouldn't claim that title, but folks, I'm 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 07 ing Solid Snake right now. You can't see it, but I am. I do want to point out for everyone listening at home, we also wrote down what we thought the others, kind of a March madness of ourselves. And uh, we'll get to that at the end, but I'm just going to say I'm really excited for the ending because I think I'm going to nail this. We'll oh see. Oh boy. All right. He, he's one for five so far, everyone. Let's, <laughs> let's see if I have such luck. Ratnado. Oh. Please, by all means, who is your number five video game character? You know what's kind of crazy? Um, and I don't know if this is fair. Tell me if this is fair. But I put all snakes because Shraxa has kind of made me realize they all are kind of the same thing genetically, right? Solid snake, liquid snake, naked snake, regular snake, big papa snake, Raiden snake, snake snake. Second solid snake, second liquid snake, viscous snake, diet snake, sugar-free snake, fat-free snake, insulated snake, 
Legume snake? <laughs> Fully clothed snake? They all come from the legendary soldier, Big Boss. But does that make them all the same man? No. <laughs> but if we, if that's not fair, then I would probably go with... It's, it's hard, because I want to put Solid Snake up there, too. But I'm going to put Big Boss. Just because Big Boss has a little more personality to me. I think he's a little funnier. And, uh, you know, that's that's what... I mean, Snake is probably, like, number seven or eight. Solid Snake, that is. Mm. So, we actually matched up on number five. Oh, we both have snakes. So, we're, we're both, uh, we're both uh, fans of Slytherin reptiles. And... Uh, uh, smoking soldiers slash spies that that sneak around, but and there's that's a difference though. If you play everyone who's played Metal Gear Solid Three, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Big Boss, he's just a little more personable. He, he smiled as he was looking through binoculars at, at folks he was going to beat up. Yeah, he's going to shoot down some hornets on them. That's pretty. That's pretty uh, personable. Yeah, I, I I can relate to that. What? <laughs> I've done that before. No, I I think he's yeah. I think he's great. I think that. Um, Kind of like, so I really do like Solid Snake. I want to make that very clear. But I do like Solid Snake. But I think Big Boss, there's just something. He's a little more something. A little more something. Well, well, well you got to give us a little more than that. What makes Big Boss take the cake over Mr. David Solid Snake? David Hater. Um, I've had David Hater respond to a tweet of mine. So I just want to put that out there. Oh, my gosh. Highlight of your life right there. Highlight of my life, honestly. Almost a little bit. Uh, but no, I think the big thing that to me is that um, 3 isn't my favorite game. Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty is my favorite game. So um, it's kind of weird that I would like Big Boss so much, but kind of just the path he takes. Those of you who know the game, he becomes a very complex character. And I love Solid Snake, but I think I put Big Boss just a little bit higher. If I have to make that decision in this moment, just because of that, he's a little more complex. He does some more stuff and his story is kind of interlinks with all the snakes so he definitely changes a lot more throughout the the series than solid snake does he, he, i wouldn't quite call a solid a static character but he definitely goes through the same uh you know routine of oh you know he's been to war he's seen it all he retires to get away from it but then he's called back in and big yeah. boss uh you know starts out pretty idealistic right yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, he he has he has hopes he he he, he has loyalties but then you know, through the course of his life, he's just betrayed and, and, and sent down this path where he's a very different man yep. by the time we last see him than when we uh, first meet him in Snake Eater. Yep, very much demoralized, um, disillusioned, and that's kind of an interesting arc. Those of you that have played Peace Walker, Portable Ops, those types of things, you know what I'm talking about. And even where the series ends up going gets even crazier. So, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't played those games yet. So maybe once I do... Mr. Solid Snake will be knocked down to number seven as well. But enough about that. Let's move on to number four. A weapon to surpass Metal Gear. My number four is the one, the only... Oh, wait. Oh, oh no, there's like dozens of them. It's Link, everyone. It's the hero of Hyrule. Oh! In all of his uh, many different iterations. My first upset. Dig it. <laughs> I, uh, you know, if I had to say, there are links that I like, there are links that I'm indifferent to, but I think, uh, you know, what's, what's great about Link is he, he's a blank slate. You can pretty much apply whatever personality you want to him, but at the end of the day, he's a hero. He's a hero saving the day. 
it's you know like the ultimate uh uh, uh wish fulfillment the the ultimate right. role playing you know you're you're taking on the shoes of a of a young of a young up and comer who no one no one really sees much in you know he's just, just this little kid or or he's a young man and <laughs> destiny calls upon him to take on more responsibility and become courageous to become the one that Hyrule needs. Right. If I was to say my, my my top links, I'd probably go with Wind Waker, naturally. He's so expressive. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's just a little kid. He's a little boy wearing his birthday PJs. And, yeah. you know, he's got a pretty uh, uh, relatable motive. He's going to save his sister. That's it. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't care about the whole world. He just, you know, has a very personal stake in the matter. But throughout that game... You know, he, he discovers more about uh, what's going on in his uh, ocean and, and some of the, the history behind that. And, uh, you know, he becomes he becomes more than when he started out. Yeah. Um, additionally, you know, he, he, he gets the rep as being the edgy Link, but Twilight Princess Link. I think, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a sweet little guy at the end of the day. He, he's real buff. He likes to wrestle goats and, and Gorons. And uh, you know that's that's pretty cool, but uh, you know he cares about these, these little village kids. And yeah. He, he's riding into town to save the day, you know, when they get kidnapped by a, by an ugly ogre on a boar. Yeah. Uh, great timing there. And uh, you know, last but not least, hey, you know, Breath of the Wild Link. He he may have a bad memory, but he's got some great strats when it comes to going out of his way to collect flowers when Zelda's been locked in a battle for 100 years with Ganon. I mean, she's waited 100 years. She could wait a few more minutes. She could, she could wait a little, you know, another another few months or so. Yeah, let's just, let's just go around and, and mess around with this physics. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, though, in this case, though, like, Ryan K fans, Princess Zelda, she's waiting, like, what, 104 years at this point? Oh, going on five, yeah. Actually, yeah, we're five years into the Switch, so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> perhaps, uh, perhaps she'll be there forever keeping Ganon at bay. But that's okay, because Korok seeds, you know, they need collecting. They do. That's very true. That's interesting. I mean, I think when it comes to Link, I always think of uh, like the most expressive ones, which to me are Wind Waker and also Skyward Sword. Mm. I think a little more emotive, have a little more personality, especially like that Wind Waker area. They really give Link a lot of expressions. You can like tell kind of what he's thinking. And that's kind of why I thought when I think of Link, I just like, oh, he's kind of a he's kind of a blank space, though, for you to project upon. But I guess there's there's stuff there. He has things he wants, things he cares about. And they show that. Definitely. I, I didn't name Skyward Sword because I'm not a fan of the design. I'm sorry. It's the big lips. It's the baggy khaki pants. I'm like, eh, it's, it's fine. Like, I think some of the best character arcs are in that game. Uh, Groose, for example, Zelda, even Impa to some extent. But you know, the, the link in that, I'm like, eh, he's whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. That's fair. Squat, are you ready for my number four? I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to see how my list continues to, to play out. <laughs> well, I think, uh, well, I'm not going to give any hints away, actually. Number four, Fox McCloud. Gee, I've been saved by Fox. How swell. <laughs> that, that was the alert when I followed Team Ratnado. Not Fox, it was Falco, but... Falco. Uh, Fox was mentioned in that alert back in cute Vember one and uh, a little after that. Tell me, what is it about Fox McCloud? And and is this the N64 iteration or does it go all the way back to the first one as well? No, this is definitely N64. 
that whole thing about it, I've, I got to find the article again and I'll, I'll share it with people. But there was this whole article about how they wrote that. And it kind of just matched like the ethos of the time that it was sort of a focus on. I'm not going to get too into it. There's a specific thing they talked about in Japanese with the writing of it that they were trying to make it cool, essentially. It was kind of a little bit like the Michael Bay, you know, a little bit of like style over substance, a little bit. But then there's also something about it, about being kind of like a little bit goofy and theatrical. We need your help, Star Fox. Andros has declared war. He's invaded the Lilac system and is trying to take over Corneria. Our army alone can't do the job. Hurry, Star Fox. They need to say stuff that sounds cool, but also it's still like kid friendly. Oh, sure. And so that version of Fox to me is just like, very, that, that's very indicative of like what I thought was cool growing up. A lot of people thought other things were cool, you know, sports, um, athletes, maybe movies, maybe other game characters like Sonic, Mario and stuff. And I think Fox to me was always kind of like pretty cool idea of like a laconic and focused and, you know, all those types of things that go into that. And it's just like all that music to me. I think that's why Fox kind of sticks with me even now. It's like one of my favorite characters. I play Star Fox 64 every once in a while on stream, and on my own I play it too. As as we go throughout the Star Fox uh, games in the 2000s and onward, you're just playing the Star Fox 64 game again and again. So naturally, <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about the uh, the animated segments in Star Fox Zero? They were fine. I, I kind of in the same thing of like how I feel about a lot of things now. Do what you want with them because I still have my Star Fox 64 version. Very true, very true. So long as you have your Nintendo Online subscription, because there's no other way to play it. No, no. As we covered as we covered in our episode a few weeks back on uh, Legacy Online. I still have the cartridge and the Star Fox 3D. For oh, you have it DS. forever then. Forever yeah. and ever. It'll never go away. old age. <laughs> that cartridge will last until the end of time. Until the heat death of the universe, squad. That's going to be the last remnant of human civilization is your own personal copy of Star Fox. <laughs> this is Fox returning to base. Should we move it on to number three? My number three is Samus Aran. Uh, who, 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 who saw this coming? It just came out of left field, everyone. Never would have guessed it. Oh. Yeah, Samus, Samus Aran. And I, I'm, I'm obviously referring to the other M version. Uh, yeah. I think that was the best characterization of, of, of uh, Samus. <laughs> no, she, you know, if we want to say Link's a blank slate, uh, you know, you can apply whatever you want on onto him. Samus is, is sort of the opposite in the sense that she's very expressionless. She, you know, she's literally in her suit for the majority of the game. You don't usually see her face. You can't usually see her mouth. But the body language, especially in some of the recent games like Samus Returns and Dread, uh, and even even back in the Pixel ones, there's a great YouTube channel called uh, Video Game Animation Study, and they do a ton of videos on the Metroid games and how so much is just communicated in them, in the uh, in the environment, in the background, and in the animations of the characters of the sprites. Yeah, especially in the in the deaths, right? Chunky Cat's all about those Samus deaths. You're you're getting you're getting uh, the full display of of who Samus is in her dying moments, <laughs> with a shriek to boot. Um, no, Samus, Samus is so cool, everyone. She, once again, once again, another character that I was introduced to in Brawl. 
I, uh, I was playing Subspace Emissary. Some lady in a blue uh, spandex suit came through the ceiling. And I thought, what the heck? Who's this? Turns out that it was uh, it was Zero Suit Samus without her robot power armor that you'd get later in the game. And at that moment, I knew. I knew that I was going to get Super Metroid for 30 cents several years later. And uh, the rest will be history. Thank you, Brawl. Thank you, Brawl. Thank you, Brawl. She's so sure of herself. She's so ready to face any fight to the point that by by dread she just doesn't even care she has she has no craps given you know uh, oh oh look an old enemy shows up that i that i remembered and fought you know what like three times now boom just gonna shoot you in the mouth oh yeah. what's this uh you're gonna reveal some something about my past my backstory and how how you uh are no okay i'm, I'm just gonna As somebody who still hasn't played through Dread, <laughs> all, all my non-Dread players are out here like, um? It's still within a year, everyone. But I, I want I want those who haven't experienced Dread yet to experience it. Because, hey, it's pretty great. Yeah. But that's my number three, Samus Aran. She she's she says so much while saying so little. And yeah. uh, I think I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that every, that's one thing I think I took away. And it may, may not be reading it right from anything I've ever seen of the Metroid games. She does, she's a mercenary, first and foremost. She kind of does what she wants, and sometimes it aligns with something you would say is good, lawful good. It's not the only, that's not the only reason she's doing it, though. Oh, yeah, you know, it's not all for the money. But the money's a nice uh, bonus on top. Yeah, exactly. Pretty neat, pretty cool. So far, I have two exactly right and in the right position. Oh, all right, well, that's that's bonus points right there. So uh, let's, let's see if I fare as well. Bratnado, you're number three. Princess Zelda. Wow. Man, Zelda above Link. Uh, presumably, I guess we'll, we'll see what remains. But uh, <laughs> now, do you ha much as I had my, my preferred versions of Link, do you have a preferred version of Zelda? Yeah, I have to go with Breath of the Wild version. Mm. However, um, the one from Spirit Tracks is pretty high up. That that was the latest one you've played, Cute Vember 2. And uh, it's pretty high praise considering you, you didn't finish nor, I think, really enjoy that gameplay. <laughs> it was fun for the first, like, five or six hours. And then after that, it just got so obtuse. It took so long that I was just like, oh, my gosh, I just want to finish the game. And a good game should never have you thinking no, that. No, no. And uh, DS controls on a, on a home console is uh, it's going to be a little rough, inevitably. Yeah. yeah. Specifically, though, Princess Zelda version of Breath of the Wild I think they finally, like, gave her some actual personality. She's a little bit more in-depth. It seems I'm the only one with a mind of my own. Like, for example, the Ocarina of Time. What, what is her personality there? She's really good at seeing an evil man for being evil. Yeah. When he's obviously evil. When he's obviously evil. And really good at, uh, I guess that's about it, really. Yeah, and really good at uh, dress-up and disguising. Oh, that's actually pretty true. Yeah, she's pretty good at cross-dressing. <laughs> I'll give her that. Okay, well, she's just moved up a little bit. Now she's like, at, you know, 50. Um, no, but I think specifically the Breath of the Wild, she she has doubts. You get to learn more about her. You can tell that she is... And she kind of gets the opportunity to do really good stuff. You get to see her fail at things. You get to see how she responds to things going well. And specifically, specifically that Zelda. I think she has a lot of depth, and I really like her. I like the voice acting... And I think that's what Zelda specifically needs more of that, in my opinion. Um, I've played Age of Calamity, which has a lot of voice acting, and it's great. 
I, I think the direction they're going with the Breath of the Wild is really fun, really fresh, and really new. Well, considering Zelda was exclusively voice acted in Breath of the Wild, I think uh, you'll you'll be in good luck for how much she's going to be in Breath of the Wild too. I mean, there's no doubt we're going to be able to, you know, accompany her for the majority of that game, <laughs> and uh, you won't have to worry about uh, having her her stuck away somewhere else. We might even get to play as her. I'm just saying, you guys. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be real exciting when when that comes about, and that's that's going to be the first time it's ever happened in the whole series. Uh, this this <laughs> podcast is going to age incredibly well. Never. This will not. Come to pass. <laughs> yeah. Number three, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Fantastic. Well, number two, let's see if you got this one. Arthur Morgan of Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh. I'm four for four, but not the position. Okay, okay. Arthur Morgan, so so here's the thing. And and, and I, I I knew this going into it, so this isn't like it was a huge shock to me or anything. But when Red Dead Redemption 2 was announced. I hadn't played any of the Red Dead games. I uh, had played some GTA, probably uh, GTA 5 and maybe GTA 4 at that point. Mm. Um, I haven't finished either of those. Uh, GTA is... Uh, it's good old fun, but it's a, it's a grind. <laughs> um, in story mode and especially online. But Red Dead Redemption, I, I had heard nothing but great things about the character of John Marston from Red Dead Redemption 1. Yeah. And how everyone loved him so much... Uh, that when he was announced to be in Red Dead Redemption 2, but not as the main playable character, people were upset, swearing the game was going to suck. <laughs> There's no way that this new guy who wasn't even talked about in uh, Red Dead Redemption 1, considering yeah. uh, 2 is a prequel to it, th- there's no way that this guy could be, you know, comparable to John Marston. Yeah. And then the game came out, and people said not only is he comparable, he might be better. Wow. So I, I, I knew that going into Red Dead Redemption 2. I, I played it a little bit when it released on uh, on PS4. I didn't own that console, but my brother did, so... Shout out that PS4 guy. Shout out shout out that guy, uh, now that PS5 guy. He, he is secured one, folks. He, he didn't have to scalp either. Uh, he, he will get it from a retail store by camping out uh, overnight like it was the 2000s. <laughs> uh, I, pl- I picked it up a year later when it came out on PC, and I definitely didn't blow through it. I took my sweet time playing through Red Dead Redemption 2. It uh it was about two years from, from start to finish, from the from the first mission all the way to the, the end of the epilogue. And I'll tell you what, Arthur Morgan, you know, he, he he's a bad cowboy, but I made him a good man. He had such an incredible character arc. If you've played that game you know. If you haven't yet, what are you doing? Fire it up. It's worth it. You can always rely on you, boy. He's nice to his horse. He's mean to bad men. And you can make him you can make him a rotten cowboy to his core and just a horrible human being. But I'd say it's one of the few games where not only are you encouraged not to be a bad person and to do the right thing in a in a rock star game of all things, but yeah. that's communicated to you outside even the main missions. One of the most impactful moments in Red Dead Redemption 2 for me happened not in a mission. But in the overworld, when I just decided to rob a train because I wanted to make a little extra money. So I, I blew up the, the engine. I, I shot the conductor. I started going through the cabs. And everyone was saying, why are you doing this? Oh, please, please don't hurt me. And, you know, when you go through enough uh, cabs, that starts to wear on you a little as a person. You know, you, you wow. think maybe, maybe, maybe I am the bad guy. And then not only that, but in the story mode, I mean, some things happen that make, uh, make you reflect on the things you've done and how maybe, maybe there's still time to turn over a new leaf. 
And you know, if there's one takeaway that Arthur Morgan and Red Dead Redemption 2 taught me, it's that it's never too late to do the right thing. And it brings a little tear to my eye when I think about it. Well, uh, he is crying. He's, those are actual tears. Wow. I didn't know you felt that strongly about him. I, I could have put him up higher, but I did get, I did get that. Um, I still only played it a little bit. Hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna encourage anyone to rush through it because it is a heavy game. I, uh, like I said, it took me two years. Uh, about a year and a half of that was just because it got real sad near the end. So, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not enjoyable in the way that a lighthearted uh, uh, game you could just breeze through would be. But it's it's worth every second in my opinion. So, whenever you get through a Ratnado, I'd be more than happy to talk about it in its entirety. All right, my number two. This probably isn't a surprise to anybody. Uh, Aerith Gainsborough from Final Fantasy VII. Wow, considering she's your first uh, non-rat, non-cat emote, I, uh, <laughs> I'd i say this was uh, pretty easy to predict. Yeah, pretty easy. Well, I mean, she's up there, and I thought about that. I was like, I guess the more I thought about it, the more I just kept like bumping her up. And it's crazy because Final Fantasy VI is definitely much a much better game to me, in my opinion. And I like those characters so much, but those all hit like maybe top 10. And so they're just off this list. And as far as just like, I don't know. She's was even back then on PlayStation was a very complex character. She wasn't quite as simple as other characters. There was things about her that she's a little bit more lively. She likes to tease. She likes to joke around. She's not she's not scared, but she's also not, you know, shy or timid, um, even though she's kind of just seems like a character who, again, kind of like what I said about Zelda, just this really filled out, really realistic character to me, somebody that's interesting and they have their faults it's not like a lot of other characters where they're not allowed to have faults they have to be very perfect very you know princess like or whatever um and i even had that thing with kingdom hearts 2 yeah that's right nomura i'm calling you out where he took Aerith and kind of reduced her to just this very stereotypical quiet demure princess type character that's not her that's not Aerith. i'm not some princess who needs to be coddled She's, she's funny, she's smart, she's, she likes to joke around and tease, and just just a great character, all around a great design, and those who know, you know, right? She's, uh, she's a tragic character, too. If you know, you know. I think just about everyone on Earth knows, but... <laughs> I was gonna say, just about everybody knows, it's like, oh, I see dead people at this point. Ratnado, as as you know well, I have not played Final Fantasy VII Remake or the original. However, there may have been a point, may have been a point in my in my past, in my YouTube search history. Oh, oh, he's making a face. He doesn't like where this is going. That I watched Wholesome Eric Moments compilation. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. She she, she seemed like a cutie pie, and uh, her her voice actress is actually a, a, a Twitch streamer. Yep, uh, Brianna White. Brianna White. So shout out, shout out, Brianna White. Uh, I, I even watched uh, her react to, to some of the gameplay, and she was she was uh, loving Aerith because you know obviously obviously she would as the voice actress and as a appreciator of uh, good characters. Um, I want to do a shout out to Strange Rebel Gaming. If anybody knows her, if anyone says I would love to interview her, and uh, I'll I'll even do my Strange Rebel Gaming impression, which is Hey there, friends. There's my Brianna. There it is. 
I think I could also voice Aerith if I right. needed to. You know, that sounded spot on. I thought you just played a sound effect there. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> Scrollies listeners, don't harass anyone. But uh, if, if, if you know anyone who can uh, hook us up with an interview, send us your info. This guy would love it. This guy, this guy is uh, giving three thumbs up right now. <laughs> we're, we're moving into our final picks. How, how, how's your list looking so far? Because my, mine's looking... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll say that I said four out of four earlier, but it's actually three out of four. Three but out of four. Yeah, well, I'm hey, doing maybe, maybe, so maybe four out of four here at the end. We'll see. <sighs> I mean... You know, I don't think there's any there's any uh, uh, visual indication of either of our top favorite characters, especially <laughs> not in relation to our Twitch profile pictures. <laughs> My number one is the Diddy Kong. Yeah. <laughs> and you may be thinking, what the heck? Is Diddy Kong really a better character? Does he really go through as much change and as much impactful life moments as Arthur Morgan and I'd say no but <laughs> let, let, me, let me take you back to a very special year in, in, in the history of gaming and mankind 1994 Donkey Kong Country hits the scene you're playing as the main ape himself DK the original arcade Donkey Kong makes an appearance as Cranky and what where, where, where's DK Jr.? Oh, DK Jr. is Donkey Kong all grown up. Well, okay, there, there, there's, there goes our sidekick, I guess, if you want to call him <laughs> that from, from the arcade games. But what's this? We, we got a, we got a new chimp on the block, Diddy. He, he, he's a little, he's a little monkey, and he follows around DK. He can cartwheel. He gets stuck in a barrel, and you throw the barrel at, a, at an enemy, and, and Diddy pops out, and, and, and that's great. That's great. So. You could think, hey, you know, he's the Luigi to, to DK's Mario. You you might say he can fly real high with his jetpack on. Hundred percent. So yeah, the 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 Luigi to, to to DK's Mario. But what if I say, much like Luigi himself, transitioned away from a player two character into a player one character with Luigi's Mansion, Diddy Kong made the same journey himself in a fraction of the time. <laughs> in fact, it was only one year from the time Diddy was the sidekick to the number one star in DKC2, Diddy's Conquest. And yes, that is a pun. Diddy's Conquest. <laughs> pun intended. This is the first time. So he was a, an original character by Rare. And think about this, folks. Like, if this happened now, people would, would flip out if a new character was introduced in a reboot of an old series and within one game you were playing as them. You would have Kotaku articles, you would have people flipping out online. It just would not be well received, no matter how how well you try to do it. You know, we've, we've seen that happen. We're not going to name names. We're not going to we're not going to shade anywhere, but you you all you all know you've seen it. Proc Proc knows those gamers. Oh, I was going to say this is where we insert the write-in from Metal Gear Solid. Whatever. <laughs> I guess he wasn't in the first game though, so. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh that's even. Well, well, we'll get into that later. <laughs> we'll get into that in the Metal Gear Solid. The Metal episode. the Metal Gear Solid episodes are coming. <laughs> <laughs> but not only did, did he become the star within one game, everybody loved him, and he just kept going from there. Diddy Kong Racing came out on the N64 and eclipsed Mario Kart 64. Maybe not in sales, but. In quality, I mean, 
there's no comparison. Diddy Kong Racing takes the cake. It's got stackable items on the course. It has three different types of vehicles. Mario Kart had one, had their item blocks. That was it. True. And that's the game that DK's in. I'm I'm say I'm saying it right here. The rare kart racer was the best kart racing game on the N64, possibly even of all time. Whoa. We'll save that. We'll save that for the kart racing episode. And uh I, I stand by my my words that the controls of Diddy Kong Racing DS were so intuitive and so precise, you could replace the steering wheel and pedals of an automobile with them, and I could still drift just as easily as I could when I was a child. Pimp my ride with DS controls. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. There's countless articles about the DK theory revolution of controllers. And who knows? I just think at the time, nobody was ready to install a Sega Genesis, a Dreamcast into their car and drive it. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying maybe the world's not ready yet. So what's blast processing do? Diddy's great. I love yeah. Diddy. He's the best. Um, he's a cool guy. I mean, we've talked about this before, but yeah, I think he's a great person to, uh, he, he, he's the uh, bridge to what was at your time, you know, the kind of the preteen, the preteen boy who liked video games. Indeed, indeed. And you know, uh, it, it was a little rough patch there in the, in the mid 2000s when I, when I became a, a one with the DK revolution, but you know, DK, DK, he was making strides, uh, beating on bongo controllers, flying around on pegs. But Diddy Kong captured my heart then and there, and uh, as well as Samus and Solid Snake appeared in Brawl. It made me go. smile uh, because when he plays his tune, he makes me smile. All this is telling me is that the next iteration of Smash Bros, whatever comes after Smash Bros Ultimate, if we get another game... The Smash Bros more ultimate. Yes, most ultimate, ultimatist. That just means that I think if Masahiro Sakurai is listening, which I think he must, we're going to get Arthur Morgan in the next game. Arthur Morgan for Smash. Out of the way. It would just be complete. Then every single one of my characters would be in Smash Bros. Oh man, I was trending that way too with mine until until Aerith messed it up. I would have had all my characters in Smash too. All right, Ratnado, we could never guess. He's surely not in Smash. He's surely not your profile picture on Twitch. Who is your number one? Of course, number one is Ness. <gasps> Ness from Earthbound. <laughs> oh come on, you guys. Of course, it's Cloud Strife. Everyone, come on. If you didn't guess that, I mean. What's wrong with you? It's Cloud. Cloud Strafe, my boy, my homie, my guy, number one, number one in my heart, always will be. No one will make that change. Slim, I don't care. Zach's fine, but Cloud's the best. Well, everyone, you can you can send in your letters. It's not going to change a thing. Cloud Strife <laughs> is the number one now and forever. He's the prettiest anime boy, and he's number one in Ratnado's heart. Tell us why that is. Cloud Strife, and this really was, I really hope, I know our episode's getting long, but I really do want Slim Cognito, I know he's heard me out on this, we always have this discussion of who's better, Zack Fair or Cloud Strife, and he's strongly in the Zack Fair corner, but the thing about Cloud, and what I really like about Cloud, is that he is, again, much like Aerith, just a very real character, he's got some depth, 
if you know all the story beats, you know that there's a lot of stuff about him that is not what it seems. He's, hey, I'm a cool mercenary guy who doesn't care about anything. But if you know a little bit more about the backstory, you know that's not true. You know he grew up as very much a, a very hard on his sleeve, maybe kind of weak kid, emotionally, mentally. And boy, howdy, does that ring true for me? Does There's something about that that really resonates with me of being a pretty... Uh, hard on my sleeve kid who just kind of let the world beat me up and uh you know and maybe i even went through some of that that myself and so he's a character definitely it's very close to my heart of somebody who throughout his journey starts off uh emotionally weak not really sure of himself very uh sensitive he tries to put on this this tough act a lot of the time but eventually he matures through it and through the help of his friends realizes it's okay to just be him it's okay to not be the best at everything and man, what a great character. Great character design. He's got a buster sword that's iconic. Um, the main character of basically what set off the JRPG in the US. So Remarkable. And and I'm sure that that journey continued uh, to its full fruition in Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Oh boy. Uh, this has to be its own episode in and of itself. I could go for hours on this. But yeah, you're right. It got complicated. And there will be an episode about this, you guys. I swear, eventually. One day I'll wear squat down enough that we'll talk about Advent Children. He keeps telling me, hey, it's it's a video game adjacent topic. It, you know, it's a movie, but it's... And I'm like, I don't know, Rad. I don't know. Not interested. So let us know. Let us know. Give us, give us a five-star review about why he shouldn't do an Advent Children episode. And I'll, I'll use that as, uh, as evidence for him. Or if you want to give us a five-star review of why we should. Just saying. But yeah, there's our list. Do we reveal what our list looked like? I have my list right here. Uh, number number five, uh, we have Big the Cat. Number four, we have uh, Amy. Amy, yeah. Number three, we have Knuckles. Of course. Number two, we have Tails. Tails, yeah. Number one, we have Sonic. Yeah, okay. Oh, oh wait. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I was reading off Platman 86 list. <laughs> hey, it's a Genesis. Oh, I have that upstairs. <laughs> that is a very plaid list. No, my 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 list was a meme. I I I couldn't guess all of Rat's top five, and yet my meme list ended up having two correct in the correct spots. Wow. Number five, Sephiroth. Number four, Red Thirteen. Number three, Tifa. Oh. Number two, Aerith number one cloud yeah that's not bad i thought about putting tifa higher that's not bad um but in the end of it i just for the for the memes it's it's everything cloud i've got to put that up there kind of just to get everyone angry too imagine giving giving two characters in the same game the number one and two spot it's it's unheard of uh, there might be somebody else but like i said i, I couldn't think of them all right you ready for your list i'm, I'm ready to go let's, let's okay. hear it number five solid snake Hey. Number four, Arthur Morgan. Good boy. Number three, Samus Aran. Aaron? Samus Aran? Eh, he made a tomato. Number two, Donkey Kong. <gasps> okay. And number one, Diddy. Wow. Wow. It, 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 can you believe I didn't have Donkey Kong anywhere in my top five? 
And in fact, even if we were allowing multiple Kongs on the same list, DK may not even be in my top three. Wow, that's very. That's am I am I about to am I about to lose some some street cred there? Very possibly. But everyone, we'll save that for for in defense of of the Kong family that that episode. All right, everyone. So I'm sure we we shocked and, and awed all of you there with our with our top five favorite video game characters. Uh, let let us know if we should do any more of these top fives or, or even top tens in the future. Uh, a little bit of a longer episode today. I'm sure all of you uh, uh, couldn't mind that any less. But <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, be back next week uh, with perhaps even another guest. <gasps> we'll see you there, everyone. Hope you have a good one. I've been Squat Cobbler, and as always, I've been joined by my co-host. What's up? It's Radnado at twitch.tv slash teamradnado and all the socials, and I'm having a good time. I'm here I'm with Scrollies, and it's great. It's great. It's a great time. All right, everyone. Take it easy. We will catch you in the next one. See ya. Bye.